0: Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, what I wanted to see, who stood out and the experiment is over. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Hitting hard as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, it was a successful night down in Miami for the Atlanta Falcons on Friday. After a couple of good days of practice, you know, where the competition was ramped up pretty good and the defense really stood out, I talked about on Friday on the show about what I wanted to see. And I wanted to see it look different, right? That this was the thing that I wanted to see that there was a difference in what this team was going to look like this year. You know, again, we weren't going to look at schemes and all these different things, right? It was going to be vanilla. We knew that all going in. We knew that there wasn't going to be any intricacies, and Ryan Nielsen or, you know, Arthur Smith were not going to show their hand or anything like that. But could guys win one-on-ones? Could we pressure the quarterback? Could we look different on defense just as far as our style and our aggression and our play on defense? I think mission accomplished in all of that, right? I mean, I definitely think that the defense really set a tone for that game. Now, look again, I understand that there weren't any starters, nobody played, you know, it was all backups and this, then the other, but let me ask you a question. Would you rather have our backups stink up the joint and not be any good and get blown out or whatever, or would you rather have that kind of effort from our backups? And again, there were some starters or or at least that there were some guys that are going to play some significant snaps in this game. You know D Alford and Arnold Katie and a few of those guys uh, Helms like those guys are going to be here in a few weeks. It's not like they're getting cut. They they they're not they're not walking away from this team in the next couple few weeks. Those guys are going to be here. They're going to be here for the long term. So again, what I wanted to see is do we look different? Did we look different? Well, I think that all happened. You know, the red zone defense, for instance. You know, again, the the Falcons stopped them three times in the red zone without scoring any points. And I understand that the Dolphins were going forward on fourth down or whatever like that. But again, they stopped them. Now, they stopped them four downs at a time. So that was encouraging. Obviously, the five sacks were encouraging. That's what I want to see. I want to see, can guys win one-on-ones? Can we blow up plays? They got five sacks in the game. We talked about this the other day on the show. Turnovers. They created four turnovers, including multiple interceptions. That's something that we haven't seen either. You don't think that that's... And again, some of this stuff that translates to to the backups would certainly translate to the starters. Does it not? I mean you can already see the Jerry Gray influence that is on this defensive backfield where they're more aggressive. They're going after the football. So again, you mean to tell me that that isn't going to start translating to our starters? So everything that I wanted to see happen. Now, again, was it a flawless performance? No, by not, not by any stretch of the imagination. Look, there were still tackling issues, which is expected at this time of the year. You know, again, there there were some of those issues, but they they the uh, Dolphins were able to get some big gash yardish plays. But from a defensive standpoint, I could not have been happier with the effort that the Falcons put up in that game. You know, and then we had a punt return for a touchdown. You know, I thought Logan Woodside, you know, for our third quarterback, he played well. The the big thing that I wanted to see is you know us throwing the football. Well, again, twenty three pass attempts in the game that's not a ridiculous amount but you know that's an average where we probably threw it a little bit more than than what we expected to i mean we saw games where marcus Mariota was throwing it 16 15 17 times in a game so the fact that woodside threw it 23 times i i like to see that and and now we'll get ready for cincinnati who's going to come into our building. I don't know what the status of Joe Burrow is or this, that, and the other. Uh, I know Arthur Smith said after the game, he plans to play our starters. So this was a good first step to take for our backups. And again, I'll say, I don't think that, I don't think that our anybody's going to play in the third game as well. You know, with the three game preseason now, you're going to see all the backups again in the third game. You're going to see Desmond and the guys start in the second game. They'll come out, I don't know, 10, 12 snaps, maybe the first half, first quarter. I don't know what the plan is going to be. But it was a good first step to see what can translate to this football team. And I'm excited to see what this group has. I'm excited to see the building. I mean, I want to see what. whether, again, no matter what happens in all of this, you know, I want to see what our first group looks like. And, again, you know, there were players that were out there, D. Alford, Cady, especially. You know, again, the fact that Cady showed out, had a sack, played well, that's encouraging because, again, if he can't do this against backups, what makes you think that he's going to do this against starters? So that was all good and all encouraging. D. Alford is going to be a key piece. Arthur Smith has talked about him repeatedly through training camp unprovoked. He's talked about him multiple times about the contributions and the way his camp is going and all this that, and the other. And then you got to see it on Friday night, with the punt return, with the defensive play. You know, again, they they got contributions from some guys that who knows they probably won't make the roster at the end of the day. But you saw the aggressiveness of the defense, and you saw. What we can do, and and look, I'll I'll even I'll talk about our offensive line here in just a little bit. But I thought the offensive line played well with with all the backups. So again, this was an encouraging first sign for everything coming together. And and Arthur talked about the idea of look, we got some things to clean up, but I thought that the group played well. Thought they did what they had to do. Like I said, I'd rather have this. I'd rather have these backups, you know, stop everybody's, you know, stop the Dolphins backups, than get run off the field or get blown out. And that didn't happen. And again, it looks like we might have some personnel when all is said and done, or at least maybe we've got some depth when all is said and done. That's the thing that I'm looking for. Again, I'm not looking for intricate schemes and, you know, showing their hand on defense or this or that or whatever. Not looking for all of that. And again, I'm going to look at the same things that, that when we come up to Friday night's game against the uh, the Bungles is I'm going to look to see, okay, I want to see what Desmond Ritter looks like running the offense. I want to see him throw the football. And again, I think we'll get a dose of all of the starters when, when Friday night comes along. I think we'll get a, a dose of everybody out there. So again, I'm excited for what's going to happen. It was a good first step. And obviously, you know, Let's see now if this if if the success of what our backup showed you can translate to what our starters can be. Because again, it's Terrell and Jesse Bates, and there's a lot of talent in that secondary, for instance. And I was encouraged by what the secondary did picking balls off, passes defended, not you know, the bend don't break defense that Dean Pease had employed. That was encouraging signs, and the fact that look that they only gave up three points to the Dolphins, that's good. That's good that the defense was able to do that. Heck, the Braves scored more runs than you know over the weekend than than you know the Dolphins or Falcons offense combined. So again, it was a it was a good first step for the preseason, and I'm encouraged by what I see. Now let's build off of that going into Friday night against the Bungles at home. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and listen, as you're betting on Major League Baseball and we're headed down the home stretch with a little bit less than a third of the season left, FanDuel is giving you the opportunity to get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets. That's up to $200. You can, you can bet $20 bucks and get as much as $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or win. Or whether you lose. It's $200 you can spend on everything from money lines to over-unders to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And obviously with FanDuel, it's a safe, secure, super easy-to-use app. And the best part, you get paid instantly. That's the best part. You get paid instantly when you win. No better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So head over to FanDuel.com. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash Octon, FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel's the official partner of Major League Baseball. So who were some of the guys that stood out <clears throat> to me for uh, for the game on Friday night? I'm going to single out uh, DeMarco Hellums first off because I thought he played really well. The rookie safety out of Alabama, you know, he had um, a pass defended. He had what I think seven total uh, tackles, five solo tackles, and was just all over the field. I thought he played really well. And I thought you saw some of that ball hawking skills and different things. So that was an encouraging sign from him. So again, I don't know what his long-term prognosis is, but certainly that he looks like a guy who can play. I was encouraged by what Arnold Ebicadee did. You know, again, we need Ebicadee to have this big step-up breakout year, right? I need eight or ten sacks out of Ebicadee if my defense is going to get where it needs to be. And there were a lot of good signs that we saw out of Ebicadee. And frankly, he played a lot of snaps. He played a high percentage of the snaps in that game, whether it was by necessity or whether for whatever reason, they wanted to get a good evaluation of him. Whatever the reasoning was, it was a situation where he played a lot in that game. And the fact that he stood out, uh, that's encouraging because he's a guy that we're going to count on in the regular season, not just a rotational guy, but he's going to be one of the main guys we count on defensively. Now, I'll say and and we'll see how this all goes. But I thought, by and large, Jalen Mayfield played pretty well. Now, I know he got lost on the one play where, again, they, he, just, he whiffed on a couple of guys in the pass protection. But when you ask Jalen Mayfield to go north and south and run block, he can use his strength and size and everything and move people around. Again, when you get him into pass protection and teams start to, you know, do crazy things on him, stunt him with him, I mean, whatever. Again, that's where he gets kind of lost. But I thought, by and large, he played pretty well. I thought thought he did some good things. Now, again, we'll see long-term if he's a viable option as a swing tackle because that's what really he's going to be, is just potentially a swing tackle for this team. But at least he did some things well. At least if you just narrow his focus down and you let him just kind of go north and south on this thing, that again, maybe he can at least play. I mean, let me put it like this. I wanted to see is whether or not he could be an NFL player. At least he looked like an NFL player. Did he make all the plays? No, of course not. You know, again, that can't ask for the world, you know, on this, but he certainly looked like at least a guy that could belong on the football field. Um, Nate Landman was a, another guy with the cutting of Michael Walker. Um, you know, again, Landman is an, is a guy that could see some action at the inside linebacker spot. I mean, again, he played in seven games last year and he's part of a rotation. And now that you don't have a Michael Walker, you know, who, you know, again, was sort of your coverage guy, you know, in the inside linebacker spot, Landman's a guy that is looking for some playing time. You know, he had the sack, he had the pass defended. So I thought he did some good things where, again, we're looking for rotational pieces, right? We're looking at guys that, can they come in and be part of our rotation on the defensive side of the football? I thought Landman played pretty well, all things considered. And again, with the Michael Walker, um, you know, cutting, um, now we've got to look and see, okay, um, you know, who's going to play our inside linebacker spots? I mean, obviously – Troy Anderson is going to be one of the guys, but you know, again, we're kind of thin at that spot and maybe that's a place where we look at going and adding somebody, you know, off the streets or what have you. But uh, I thought Landman played pretty well in that game. Um, we talked about DeMarco Helms in, in the, in the uh, breakout that, that he had uh, also to um, D Alford was another guy who, you know, again, he may get that nickel starting slot, um he may end up being our punt returner that was encouraging the fact that he had the big punt return for a touchdown in that game and look I don't know who's going to ultimately shake out I, I mean they they played Sexton on the first punt um he was he took back the first punt. I, I want to see D Alford or Penny Hart and I thought really too speaking of, of Penny Hart I thought that the receivers the the pass catchers, let's call them, because, again, we're not we're not doing position football. We're, we're doing positionless football. But I thought the guys who caught passes in the game did a nice job of making catches in traffic. You know, Woodside put the ball into some traffic areas, and I thought that our guys did a good job. I thought Penny Hart had a nice catch. Scotty Miller had a nice catch. I mean, again, it wasn't a, a plethora. It wasn't 50 passes or whatever like that. But I thought that our pass catchers did a nice job of catching the football in traffic. And again, when we start getting down close and getting the red zone and, and you know, down when the field gets squeezed and all that, that's going to be a key. Can, can we get some guys that make plays in the end zone? I thought that our pass catchers did a nice job on that. And another guy who in a crowded backfield, obviously, Godwin Igwebuke, you know, was a guy that 70 yards, 5.4 yards per rush, had the one touchdown, a really nice play on that touchdown. He's a guy that, look, it's a crowded backfield. You know, we, we've got Patterson, we've got Bijan, we've got Tyler Algier, but you're one injury away. And we saw this last year. You're an injury away from guys like Iguabuque having to play, you know, you're an injury away from those guys. So, Whether he makes the the roster, I don't know that he makes the roster because, again, we've got three running backs, but maybe he's a practice squad guy, and he's taking advantage and making the most of his opportunity. Maybe he stays on the practice squad, but, again, we've seen these guys, and this is one of the things specifically that Arthur Smith talked about is it's a long season, and when when you have a season like this, you're going to have injuries, and you're going to have guys that just wear down and break down. You've got to be able to have some depth. You've got to be able to substitute guys in and out. And you have to have guys that look like they're competent and can play on an NFL football field. Now, for the first time in these three years, it feels like we have some of those guys. It feels like that we have some guys that, okay, we can trust to be on the football field and not completely kill us. I go back to a Cornell Armstrong. He was thrown in a dreadful situation last year where, again, he was just plopped in to have to cover Jamar Chase when Terrell went out. And again, you can't recover from that, right? But as the season went on, he played better and better. And so again, these guys get thrown into these situations where you're an injury away from all of a sudden that complete dynamic of your team changes up. And I think that we showed some depth on this squad that if you feel like you have to play some of these guys, it doesn't completely fall off a cliff. And that really, by and large, is all that I'm looking for. All right, as you make hitting hard your first listen, be sure to go into whatever podcast platform that you listen on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So we thank everybody so much for being a part of our journey. And certainly, we thank you for being a part of this as you're an everyday listener. Let us know that you're an everyday, or as we like to say, that you listen in five days a week to the program. So the experiment is over. Let's let's call this what this is. So Yanni Chironos pitched again last night for the Atlanta Braves, and it was another four and two-thirds with six earned runs in the game last night. He was getting pounded uh, at one point. And again, the only way the Mets could figure out a way to win is they beat up our most dreadful pitcher. So Chironos has made four starts for the Braves. Three and two-thirds with four earned runs, five uh, innings with three runs, five innings with six earned runs, and then four and two-thirds with six earned runs. Can I tell you, he's in, in four starts, he's given up three runs minimum, okay? Can I tell you, at this point, the experiment's over. And, and I don't understand what we're doing and monkeying around with, okay? Look, we've got an 80-game lead. We, we, we've got plenty of time. We got we got about a third of the season left available to us. We've, we, we're way out in front. N- nobody, the mutts and the Philadelphia Phillies and the Fishnets, they're way behind us. Why can't we get Michael Soroka to pitch every fifth day and figure out what he can do? Uh, again, another start in Gwinnett on, on I believe it was Saturday night. He had seven innings. Three hits, no earned runs, a walk, and eight strikeouts. Okay, I know he can be successful down in Gwinnett. I've established that part of it. Let's get him up to the big club and see what he can do. And, yeah, we've seen some of these starts where it hasn't been so good, but let him figure it out at the big league level. You're way out in front. You got a third of the season left. Let him figure it out. And if he can't figure it out, then you either don't offer him arbitration or whatever. If he can't figure it out and he's not part of our long-term solution, Fisher cut bait. But this idea of Yanni Shiranos taking up starts when it should be Michael Soroka's, you know, again, Michael Soroka could come in there and give you six earned runs over five innings. Like he He can be every bit that bad. So again, why not give it to him? Why not give the starts to somebody who can be part of the solution? And if and if Soroka isn't part of the solution, okay, fine. We move on, and you know we cut bait and and we we go our separate ways or whatever. But don't you have to at least find out? You're not finding it out in Gwinnett. Sorry, but I mean again, every good start that he makes up in Gwinnett, okay, that that's that's fine and dandy. We'll we'll win the we'll win the triple e triple uh triple uh, a title you know in the minors and we'll be all great but i want to see if he can get it figured out up here at the big club i'd rather i'd rather him figure out what he needs to do with the big club than to have yanni shirinos taking up starts again i can get four innings and six runs out of anybody i can do that i we we took our shortstop the other day and he pitched a scoreless inning. I can have my shortstop do that. I can have I can bring Charlie Culberson back on this roster and have him do that. I don't need to see Yanni Shirinos anymore. The experiment is over. This needs to go by the wayside, and you need to come up with a better plan for what your fifth starter is going to be. No problem. Freed, Elder, Strider, Morton. No problem there. But there's a it's a waste to give this guy any more starts. He doesn't look good. He's given up at least three runs. and I mean, he's had four starts. He's given up at least three runs every time. He's at three, four, six, and six. Again, his ERA is five and a quarter. Like, what are we doing here? Let, let the guys who can be part of the future. I don't care if it's, I don't care if it isn't Soroka, if it's Schuster or, or whoever. Again, this is where when you have a big lead like this and you have some time to develop guys, figure out what they can be. Figure out who is part of the long-term solution for this club because Yanni Shirinos is no long-term solution. Yanni Shirinos is nothing to this roster Come when, when it gets to be November or December. Okay? He's going to move on to another team or what have you. There's no reason to keep him around, and, and at this point, there's no reason for him to make any other starts. You just watch this guy pitch, and again, it is what it is. Some guys make it, some guys don't make it, and he's not a guy that looks like he's going to make it. I, I don't care about what he did in Tampa Bay or whatever like that. That's Tampa Bay. I'm I'm worried about what we're doing, and and again if Michael Soroka at the end of the day can't figure it out and he can't be a viable option at this level, and he can only be a viable option at Gwinnett, then, okay, then it's time to find another pitcher. It's time to find another starter and that's okay. I'm fine with all of that, but we need to figure out what this guy is or is not. And at least give him a fair outing to take the ball every fifth day. Look, this guy was one of the best young pitchers in Major League Baseball a few years ago. It hasn't been that. By the way, it's not been 15 years ago. It's been a handful of years and injuries have obviously derailed him. But again, it hasn't been 15 years ago. Figure it out. Let him start every fifth day. At least I'll have an understanding with a third of the season left. At least I'll have an understanding of what he is or what he's not. And if you can only be a triple-A pitcher, fine. We're going to win the division regardless, folks. We're going to win the division with or without him, with or without his pitching performance. We're going to win it with or without Yanni Chironos. But why give a guy starts that are valuable to development of other guys? I don't care if it's Jared Schuster. I don't care if it's Michael Soroka. But, again... For right now, it should be Soroka to figure out if he can be up here or not. I don't understand. The experiment, though, is over with Yanni Shiranos. It's time to cut bait on this thing, and let's move in a different direction. Let's just put anybody out. Let's put our shortstop out there. Anybody besides Shiranos, right? You know, again, it's the ABC theory. Anybody but Shiranos. That's what it needs to be right now. All right, we thank you so much for making and Hard your first listen. Be sure to go in and whatever podcast platform that you listen on, let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So we call them our everydayers. We thank you so much for being a part of our show and part of our community, but let us know that you listen in five days a week. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever listening to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of and Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and give me a follow On my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.